I am Plant on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. There's a new collection out now, Magdaragat, an anthology of Filipino-Canadian writing. It gathers in one place a wide variety of pieces, essays, short stories, poetry, plays, speeches, and more, whose writers reflect the diversity of not just Canada, but Filipino-Canadians themselves. Herein you have writers from throughout the country, some of first and second generation heritage, as well as some of uh, who are newly arrived to uh, Canada or have uh, been here for decades. You have a wide variety of backgrounds. The collection reflects the contributions of the Filipino community has made to the fabric of Canadian society and often invisibly. A reader bears witness to the joys and struggles of people who sacrificed much to seek community and family elsewhere. The collection is edited by uh, Teodoro Alquitas, C.E. Gachalian, and Patria Rivera. Mr. Gachalian joins me now, and I'll get him to talk about what it was like working on this important, worthwhile project and getting to read the richness and the submissions. I'll also ask Chris to reflect on his uh, own piece in the book and what he says in it as somebody born in Canada, reflecting on the identities he contends with then and now. Chris Gatelian is the author of six books and co-editor of two anthologies. He is a three-time Lambda Award finalist and a recipient of the Dane Ogilvy Prize in 2013. He is originally from Vancouver, but joined me from Toronto one week ago. There will be an event this Tuesday evening, the 14th of November, at the Massey Arts Gallery, 23 East Pender Street, you can register in advance at MasseyArts.com. This collection is published by Cormorant Books. Please uh, welcome back to the Plant Online program, Chris Gatchelian. Mr. Gatchelian, good morning. Good morning, good afternoon. Afternoon here in Toronto, but good morning to folks in Vancouver. So. Yeah, I, 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 you're based in both places, is that right? Um. Well, I, to be perfectly honest, I'm based more in Toronto mm-hmm. right now. I spend more year, more months of the year in Toronto, but I still go back to uh, the West Coast frequently. Yeah, and but. you'll be back shortly for the the Vancouver launch of this collection, right? Absolutely, I'm looking forward to it. November fourteenth at uh, Massey Arts Gallery. Yeah, so. um, I've been waiting for this book for a while because it, it's. Um, I knew with the three of you involved that it was going to be a good collection. Um, I was floored when I, I finally saw the, the book uh, a few weeks ago at um, just how many contributors there are to the collection. Yeah. But the, the um, just a wide breadth of, of different kinds of writers um, in this country today. And a, a lot of writers I didn't know about. What was it like for you, Chris, when you were getting submissions and, and reading people that you hadn't read before? I think that really was the most uh, joyful experience of this whole process was um, getting all these submissions. We got close to 100 submissions in total, uh, 100 responses to the open call um, that we put out a few years ago when we uh, 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 first started this project. And, uh, you know, uh, just reading some really, truly exquisite writing, high-level literary writing from authors, uh, most of whom I had never heard of, mm-hmm. right? I had never read that way. And, and, and it, just, it, just, it just, for me, it just proved the fact that uh, there's just, there's a, there's a huge community out there uh, 
that even someone like me who's pretty, you know, I'm pretty knowledgeable about what's out there in mm-hmm. terms of the arts and, and, and um, you know, uh, and the, in the, the literary scene in Canada, uh, the fact that I didn't know a lot of these writers was just uh, was an eye-opener for me, and it was just proof to me that, you know, uh, it, it was. It was. Uh, it was. It was just. It, it. 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 It landed with me when I was reading all these great submissions. Why we need an anthology like this, right? Because yeah. it just showed to me that there's a, there's a, a huge community out there that uh, needs to come together, um, and for various reasons, we're not. Uh, you know, we're not as cohesive as we, as uh, as we should be. You know, um, uh, and. You know, the Filipino, you know, I, I think this anthology has been a long time coming. Indeed. Really, it's been a long time coming. I mean, uh, there are, our numbers in Canada are approaching a million. It's approaching a million uh, nationally. Mm-hmm. And in a number of regions in the country, Filipinos are actually the second, second largest or third largest, uh, you know, ethnic group. Right, mm-hmm. uh, and so you know we we were a significant social force in the country, and uh, you know I think uh, for various reasons uh, neither does I mean for various reasons I think the general the general Canadian population um, is not as aware of uh, our experiences and. Not just that, but I, I think we ourselves are not as aware of our ex, of ourselves, right, as Filipino Canadians, as uh, I think we should be. And I'm I'm hoping that this, you know, my hope for this anthology is that, that this anthology will, will bring us the, the stories that, that are in this book will bring us back to ourselves. Yeah, and I think it's mentioned in the introduction of, of for far too long, <clears throat> Filipinos play the, the supporting role in other people's narratives. Yeah, and so it just makes sense that that um, uh, Filipino Canadians, especially, just move into the into the light, if you will, and mm-hmm. become mm-hmm. the the authors and the um, central figures in, especially their own stories, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, and I think so much. Yeah, I mean, again, I think this is a topic that we can't possibly cover in the time that we have, right? The, the reasons for why we kind of settle for um, not, but we, why we, I think, settle too often right. uh, for being, in, you know, settle for being, invis- you know, invisible. And um, having and being as I as we mentioned the essay supporting players in in other people's and in particular white people's stories. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, uh, you know, and, and and there are a number of essays in, in the uh, in the in, in the anthology that address that. That I think um, um, yeah. I, I think for 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 people listening to us. Um, 
they should read for themselves so they don't it doesn't spoil the experience of say uh, yeah. uh, hearing these 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 marvelous new new voices for a lot of people the the, the title yeah. i'm i'm um if, if i pronounce it incorrectly i'll correct me magda yeah. magda yeah, close enough. I mean, you know what? I we're both probably in the similar boat. I, my, my my Filipino is um, it's not completely non-existent, but it's not it's not it's just not there. <laughs> right? yeah. So uh, I, I think the pronunciation is Magdaragat. Magdaragat. The, the, syllable, the stress on the second syllable. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and I have my I have my co-editors to thank for that because they you know they're both much more fluent in Filipino than I am. Yeah. So, yeah. And it. it so I didn't know the word until I'd, I'd seen it on, on the cover yeah. of the book, and then I didn't know what it meant. I mean, I could have looked it up, but then I was interested yeah. in, in the explanation I got in the introduction, and it makes um, uh, absolute sense that, that this is the title for the, for the for the uh, this collection. How did you arrive at this title? Um, well, this title uh, give credit where it's due. Uh, this is it's one hundred percent. There is the it was 100% the idea of um, my co-editor Teodoro Alquitas. Uh-huh. Um, it, it, it was the title he wanted from the beginning, and uh, of course, I didn't really know what it meant. Uh, but uh, Patty Patria Rivera uh, mm-hmm. knew what it meant, and, and you know, and then when I found out what it meant, I think it was just a, it was just a no-brainer that we go with it because. Uh, you know, it was it's it the sea like this the, the sea has as we say in the in the introduction it has been such a uh, a huge um, it has played such a huge role in um, the Filipino mindset right in mm-hmm. terms of what it represents uh, uh, for us uh, bec- you know it, not just because the Philippines is an archipelago, right, of 7,000-plus islands, but also because of um, the history of migration, right, of outside, right, that our, you know, that our, um, you know, highly pressure, the, the, the forces that have caused us to, to migrate from our homeland, right, migrate out of our homeland um, and how the sea has facilitated that um, you know it's uh, so it you know it there was no debating amongst the editors uh, when that title uh, was when Teodoro suggested that title it was um, it was a no-brainer that we go with it yeah, it's so, a great as you say in the introduction it's a great metaphor um, yeah. Because it um, uh, water does divide, say these islands, um, mm-hmm. and then it's a way to connect in terms of say um, um, transportation between islands, um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, it, um, it it's a symbol of fluidity, which I think um, we see throughout the collection because uh, a number of the uh, the contributors, the, a number of the authors, um, have to contend with. Uh, fluid identities, uh, absolutely on on multiple levels. Yeah, right? exactly. And I, and I think, uh, yeah, I mean, again, there's so much. Again, uh, what we're only going to be able to scratch the surface of this uh, in today's interview, but um, just the 
the complexity of Filipino, uh, Filipino, Filipina, Filipinex identity, right? Um, and, uh, how, uh, you know, how colonization has, um, has impacted, has impacted us, um, in ways that, you know, I mean, it's always a double-edged, it's always complex, and it's always a double-edged or tri- yeah, the tri- a triple-edged, quad- you know, multiply-edged <laughs> sword, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, the, you know, I mean, there are, I don't want to say there were any good things about colonization, but cause there weren't. <laughs> colonization yeah. is colonization. It's bad. However, it's given us a, um, I think, if there's any positives to be gotten from it, it's, I think it has to do with the resilience that Filipinos um, have developed over the course of over the course of centuries, right? Just yeah. having to adapt, having to adapt and survive in um, continually changing circumstances, um, and I think that yeah, I think that's one of the things that uh, one of the main themes in the book, I think. So, so you and me, Chris, we're, we're roughly the same age, um, yeah. and um, we, we were both born in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. The Filipino Canadian community um, it, it, it is very different in, in the in the years that, that we say came of age that we grew up in, as yeah. opposed to say the the, uh, the the Canada that say Ted and Patria arrived at. The, the Canada of today, even. What is it yeah, like for you yeah. to look back and, and, and see it? Because we see this in the in the collection. Um, yeah. The challenges that, that Filipino Canadians encounter when they come to this country. I mean, I, 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 these are things that, that um, you know, having lived here as I have, um, yeah. may, maybe I didn't notice as much. Yeah. It's a tough one. I mean, um, well, in terms of challenges, uh, I mean, I guess the number one challenge, if you're coming from the Philippines uh, and you're, you've just moved to Canada, is the weather, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> number one. Maybe not so much if you come to, if you, you know, uh, end up settling in Vancouver. Right. Uh, the weather's a little milder there. But, you know, like the biggest, and this will probably strike a lot of people who maybe are not familiar with this fact, um, but the biggest, the oldest and biggest Filipino community in Canada is not, is not in Vancouver. It's not in Toronto. It's Winnipeg. Right. Right. Uh, where it's, it's, it's a city literally buried in snow, uh, six months, for over six months of the year. Right. Mm-hmm. And where temperatures in the winter average around minus 30 or minus 40. Right. Um, and there's, I mean, that's just testament to, again, what I was talking about earlier, the adaptability, right, of, of Filipinos, yeah. right? Uh, I mean, there's, yeah, um, you know, I mean, just, just imagine uh, coming from a tropical climate to that, right? Um, so, you know, so I think, so obviously the weather is, 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 uh, is, a big, a big factor uh, is a big, um, you know, a, a big, a big shock. I think yeah. something that 
definitely needs to need to contend with as a, a new as a, a newcomer, a Filipino newcomer to Canada. Um, you know, and it's hard for me. Like I don't have that. I don't have that lived experience, right? I don't have that lived experience of uh, coming to Canada from the Philippines because, like here, I was born. I was born here. You know, mm-hmm. um, so you know, I'm not the. I'm not really the person to to ask. To, to I'm not the best person to answer to answer that question. Um, but bearing witness to some of the essays in in the book, like uh, Patricia's, yeah. for example, and I'll ask her about her essay uh, yeah. when when she's on the program in in a, in a few weeks, hopefully. Um, yeah. uh, she talks about having to come to, to to this country because of say circumstances in the Philippines that force her and her yeah. family to do so. Um, then you have you have other people who who have come here very recently. You know, sometime yeah. in the last ten years, say. Um, there are social challenges, obviously, economic challenges that one uh, experiences when they get to a new country. But but mm-hmm. for the strength of character, the adaptability, especially as you mentioned, um, that's something that I see throughout. You know, because uh, Patria's family came in the 1980s. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Ted Teodoro um, uh, earlier than that, and then yeah. there's yeah. some essays in here. We're just in the last five, ten years. Um, it's a marvelous insight into to how I hate to, 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 to say you know it's 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 the way to do it you know mm-hmm. but but it, it has worked hasn't it? Yeah, I mean there is no there you know there's no one or right way to you know to become a new Canadian as a Filipino. Yeah. I mean one thing that I have heard over and over again and it's talked about. Uh, to a certain extent in, in the pieces in the book, whether they're essays or poems or stories or plays, is the fact that I think what Filipinos experience when they first come to Canada is a lot of loneliness, mm. right? And it's, it's, and I think from my understanding of what's causing that loneliness I mean, it's obviously multiple things but I think one thing I hear over and over again is how uh, how individualistic Canadian society is mm-hmm. compared to Filipino society um, because uh, I mean over and over again you hear uh, from Filipinos who have moved to Canada um, uh, just how you know you know how much more collectivist Filipino society and Filipino culture is, right? Mm-hmm. The whole notion of a Filipino word of pakikisama, right? Yeah. Togetherness, right? How big a value that is, and that's just not something we have in North America. You know, North America is extremely individualistic, and and I think I think um, you know, in my opinion, um, as somebody who uh, didn't struggle with that because I was born here, and so I mean I think I'm, I'm, I'm a very bad Filipino, I think, <laughs> right? Because I, 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 I don't have I don't have that collectivist. I mean, I'm collectivist in my politics, but you know I'm pretty individualistic, right? I'm pretty comfortable being on my own, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know it, that whole that whole. Um, ethos, that whole mentality of Pakikisama is not something I, it's not something that necessarily comes naturally to me, right? Um, but I, I 
think uh, that's, you know, that's something that I have heard over and over again from Filipinos uh, who have immigrated to Canada is how much lonelier yeah. um, it is here than it is in in Philippines. And and actually, uh, Patria Rivera, one of the co-editor, Patty, I call her Patty, uh-huh. yeah, she told me... Um, and I'm going to take her up on it, but she basically said, you, you really have to go back to the Philippines mm. uh, to visit because you will, it will just open your eyes to a, diff- a, a way of living that will, that, will, that will land with you as authentic and true because you're Filipino, right? So, um, You've been back yeah. before, have you, Chris? Yeah, I have, but that was, you know, that was years ago. Yeah. I was very, very young, so I don't remember. I don't really don't remember much uh, about it, except that I, you know, what I remember the little the, the little that I remember of that trip was that I did not have a good time. <laughs> Actually, it was, <laughs> it was. I think I was. I was. Sho- it was culture shock. Yeah. Because, you know, this is a, this is a way. This was way back. Philippines was. You know, we weren't staying in like. Uh, we weren't staying in Makati or anything, right? Uh-huh. Which is kind of like the big, the big, you know, kind of wealthy touristy part of Manila. Yeah, we it's, were. It's very in Instagrammable, province. isn't it? Yeah, we were out there in the provinces, right? Yeah. And I don't think we they didn't have. This is, you know, this will give away how old I am, but you know, they didn't really even have washrooms there, mm-hmm. right? So it was weird. It was very weird, and I think I was. I probably came across as a spoiled North American kid, right? Um, which is which is exactly what I was, most you know, probably, right? So um, I just remember it was uh, it was it was a I just remember it not being a great experience. Yeah, <laughs> I, I went there as a I went there as a kid in yeah. the '80s. I was seven, and yeah. I remember the, the heat, just how oppressive that was. And yeah. then I went back. Um, in 2010, so I was, I was much older when I went back, and um, the thing I realized when I when I finally got there was um, everyone looked like me, and yeah. and that was really odd because you know going through life in in Vancouver, um, yeah. not everybody looks like me, and yet um, yeah. it, it was it was it was a total shock. But and and the other thing that came through um, when once I got there was. Um, it, it, it sounds silly to call it home, but it, it, it didn't feel like home. But but I, I did feel comfortable in a way yeah. that I don't think I would have been comfortable in, in, in say another Asian country or European country or an African country. Say, yeah, yeah. Um, no, and, I hear you. And yeah, and I, it was almost comfort comforting. And yeah, um, yeah. I, I do now that I think about it. I do wish that for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I think that's. You know, I mean, I'm going to manage my expectations. That's just kind of, that's just kind of, but that's just the rule of life that you should go through all the time is manage your expectations. So, you know, I, I, I do plan to go back to the Philippines as soon as I can. I mean, I haven't made any formal plans, but it is a high priority for me to go back. Um, it's funny I say go back, even though I, yeah, and I use that, I use that, I use that a moment ago and I asked you the question and, and it's something that I think Filipinos in general just, we, we fall into that pattern, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. We use these terms. Um, the other thing I tell people, um, when they ask about going to the Philippines as a, as a tourist or, you know, as a a place of vacation, uh, it's Mm -hmm. good for a lot of people who, uh, um, 
a lot of people speak English there. So it's very yeah. easy to get around, and, and with their phones the way they yeah. are now, it, it, it's it's yeah. uh, impossible to get lost, say. And I guess that's, you know, we were talking about the quote-unquote benefits of yeah. colonization. And, <laughs> again, there's nothing good about colonization, but the fact that most Filipinos do speak English has certainly helped us adapt, yeah. right, in very, you know, the fact that we are able to live everywhere, right, because we have a language that is spoke, widely spoken. Um, but I wanted to bring, I, you know, just what you were, I just wanted to go back to what you were saying about, yeah. you know, going back to the Philippines and, uh, and seeing people who look like you and being around people who look like you. I mean, you know, and I'm going to speak here from a very specific perspective as a, as a queer Filipino man. Um, and someone who has, you know, kind of examined and struggled uh, with issues having to do with masculinity and and, and agency as, mm-hmm. a, as a queer man. Um, one thing I've noticed about Filipino men who uh, who have, you know, arrived, who were born in the Philippines and have arrived more recently. Uh, to Canada, um, and how they are different from Filipino uh, men. I'm talking in a, in a queer context, mm-hmm. so you know this is my you know, observation. Filipino queer Filipino men who were born here, and this is just a generalization, um, but it's an observation. It's an honest one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. There's a level of confidence that I have seen in uh, Filipino men, whether they're gay or straight or whatever, um, but I'm talking in a gay context. But it's, there's a level of confidence that I see in Filipino men uh, who were born in the Philippines that I don't that I don't see as much in Filipino men who were uh, born in Canada and and. I think the reason for that is because um, for all the problems of colonization um, that Filipinos uh, still struggle with to this day, at the very least, they are, they are able to see Filipino people in leadership, right? Like, that, that's something that they are just exposed to on a daily basis. They seeing Filipinos as role models, fellow mm. Filipinos, people who look like them yeah. as as leaders, and that's not something, you know, that in Canada we're um, we have the privilege of seeing as much, you know, because most of you know most of the authority figures that I grew up, you know, that I grew up with. Uh-huh. Um, were didn't look like me at all, right? Yeah. Didn't, they, they were not. They were, you know, they were mostly white, you know. Uh, so that's, you know, that's one theory I have about that I have about that, and it, it's 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 um, it just goes back to the just a, the very that very basic value of seeing people who look like you, you know, as models of how to live and be in the world, you know. It's yeah. a pretty, you know, 
Yeah, and it's an important pretty thing. Basic. It's yeah. Pretty basic. Yeah. Pretty basic. And it's an important thing to have. I mean, you just think of this collection, for example. We we didn't yeah. have this growing up, you and me. Um, yeah. And and to think of um, a young reader who'll pick this up and and see themselves in this collection. Yeah. Uh, how invaluable that is. Um, yeah. Just to see that, and and, and you will, totally. the the point you made is a good one because it, it it alludes to something that that's mentioned in the introduction, that for a patriarchal society, actually I think it's in your essay, um, for a patriarchal society, um, it's yielded two female presidents, and so well, so, that's, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and and so that I mean right there you, you're dealing with with say, an example for, more than half the population right there that that, leadership the highest office in the land. Yeah. It's not impossible. Totally, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, that's um, again, it's about complexity, right? Yeah. It's about complexity, and uh, um, yeah. It, your your essay in the in, in the in this collection um, uh, is a fascinating one because it, it deals with a lot of contemporary issues, a lot of a, a lot of things that that have happened in recent years that I think, um, not just in your life. But in in, yeah. in the wider culture, the wider context, um, yeah. you mentioned complexity a moment ago, and I think that's a, a great place to start because you, you attempt to address uh, the complexity, say, in your own life. I mean, your relationships with Anne Rand and, and Rodrigo Duterte, for example, is something that you work out in your essay. Um, yeah. for, for people listening, I said that haven't say picked up the, the book and, and haven't read your piece in it. Um, yeah. In terms of say a preview of what they'll read of yours um the, the addressing of this complexity that was important to you wasn't it to, to say to work this out as you did in this speech and in, in that we do read in the book right mm-hmm. yeah yeah because i i don't have any i don't have answers to these things right I mean, these are things that i'm working out that i'm continually working out on a daily basis uh and that i'm coming to different conclusions about right um, and I didn't, so I think to have written an essay where I, uh, you know, where I formulated, you know, like a, you know, fast, hard conclusions on any of these things would have been uh, pretentious, right? Um, so I didn't want to do that. I wanted to actually uh, be transparent about the fact that I'm, these are issues uh, that I am still uh, working out, right? Uh, as as a as a, a queer uh, Filipino diasporic person, right? Um, yeah. And in the essay, um, one of the things I found entertaining was was your, your liberal use of the, the f word <laughs> um yeah. to, to use fuck you in the essay as you do um yeah. I, I don't know how much you want to get into what that means to you because lest we give away the yeah. essay but but um it's something that i guess is unexpected to a lot of people um and uh, yeah i guess i mean not not if you know my work right, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah for i guess for some people who are not familiar with my work and maybe have a certain idea of how Filipinos live and move in the world. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, Filipinos I know um, have been known to curse 
um, regularly, and, and so it's it's yeah. not uncommon. But but I think for a, a wider audience, I think the, the the model Filipino that they have, I think, yeah. uh, will invariably be shattered by <laughs> yeah. the complexities yeah, that, that you was, address, right? Yeah, and I think that that was the point of that, of me using, you know, the F word there, right, and throwing the F bomb. I don't throw it, I don't throw it in the essay, you know, an inordinate number of times. No. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, a carefully placed moment. Yeah, it's, it's, right? it's not, an, it's not, it's not, um, it's not, uh, it's, it's not uh, gratuitous. I, I think you, yeah. you invoke it at the right place and yeah. uh, in, in the right context, and I think it, it makes yeah. it, that's why I enjoyed it, you know. Yeah, and I think, um, and I, I think you touched on the reason I, I do use that phrase uh, in the essays because I, I am trying to shatter that model minority thing, right? Yeah. That, that so many Filipinos, just from talking to Filipinos, and and it's, and it's a common theme in the book as well, right? Is the, yeah. the struggle, the, the the pressure that. That, pe- that Filipinos and their families, uh, that Filipinos, that, you know, individuals put on themselves and that their families put on them to um, meet a certain uh, external standard about how to be and move in the world, right? To the, the standard that you have to meet in order to be accepted by mainstream society. And... Uh, and I guess where I am, where I'm at on that issue right now is I think that's just, um, like, what's, what's the price of that? Yeah. What, what price are you paying by trying to meet this external standard? Um, like, I mean, I just, from my own personal experience, I know that for me, uh, I think, you know, when when I lacked the self awareness to question that, I think it nearly killed me. Mm. Right, having to meet those the standards, you know, those external standards that really had nothing to do with me and my happiness and my needs. Right. Yeah, so, it, it's something that 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 for for you and me who were born here, yeah. we had that we had we had to contend with that, even though um, we didn't need to. I, I think you talk about that in your essay about. Um, encountering people who um, just inv- invoke that idea of a, a model minority or a model Filipino, yeah, um, yeah. just as, as a matter of course or conversation. That I mean, I, you can talk about the, the experience you, you describe in the book, but I mean, I've had that, mm-hmm. um, you know, at, at, at um, you know cocktail parties and the sort of people coming up to you and, and you know. Uh, Who've listened, to, say, the podcast over the years, and 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 yeah. um, surprised that that I was not white, for example. Yeah. I mean, I've had that yeah. said to me a couple of times, um, and and um, or, or they 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 say, oh, um, I had a, a big time editor at a at a um, at a Toronto publication one time tell me, um, oh, you know, my my assistant uh, for years was Filipino, and it, it just you know. In terms of praising their assistant, um, yeah. all of these <laughs> these stereotypes um, just came yeah. out, you know. Yeah, no, I hear you. Like, yeah, and I've heard I've heard that myself. Like working in theater. Uh, I mean, I'm a playwright, so working in theater as long as I have, it's 
happened a few times. Uh, you know, uh, there was, I think, yeah, there's this one very, very prominent theater artist who shall go unnamed, uh, who, uh, you know, we were, we worked together, but before we actually met, we were communicating by email, and she didn't, you know, Sorry, I'm not gonna. I think I just gave away that person's gender, but anyway, <laughs> they they act. I'll just I'll forget you heard that. Yeah. I'll just go to the gender neutral they. I'll use the gender neutral they for the purposes of anonymity. Uh, they, um, yeah, we were communicating via email, uh, and then when we finally met, there was just a. a just a, a look of shock on their face when, and then, you know, and, and, you know, they were actually honest enough to actually spit it out and say, oh, gee, I thought you'd be white. Hmm. Right. So, um, and, you know, like, and I think I have to say, uh, that be, it was, it, it wasn't so much when I was a kid that, uh, my my uh, minoritized status as a brown person, as a Filipino person, landed with me. It was more when I was, you know, a young adult working yeah. in a very very white field, right? Because yeah. at the time there was, I mean, I was very most ninety percent of the time I was the only non-white person in a rehearsal room, right? And we workshop my plays, right? Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it wasn't as, I didn't feel it was as huge a deal, a big deal for me growing up when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, growing up in downtown Vancouver because, I mean, even when I was growing up, uh, and I'm no spring chicken really, but even then, uh, downtown Vancouver was pretty diverse, right? Certainly in the schools I went to, uh, yeah. You know, were very diverse, certainly very, very pan-Asian. So I didn't necessarily feel othered uh, as a brown person uh, when I was a kid. But it was, like I said, it was when I, you know, became a young adult and started working in the most colonial of art forms, you know, theater, that I, that it really landed me that, you know, I'm not like everyone else, you know, so... Yeah, I mean that's just it. it happened to me when when I was an adult. Um, these experiences I just described, um, and it um, it didn't affect me, and you know, like I, I, but it it got me thinking, obviously, about it, um, and and how in in one instance it was almost like a they, they thought it was a compliment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that yeah. They yeah. thought yeah. it was well, which it's, which you know, the, the, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, oh, definitely, yeah. The whole yeah, and that lands with me that. You know, yeah. you're thinking it was a compliment if people think you're white, right? <laughs> like, I said, like I had a friend, I have a friend has told me, yeah, a friend of mine told me not too long ago uh, that he thought that I, you know, that despite my brown skin, I was as white as he was, right? He told me this, right? Yeah, you're yeah. as white as I am, you know? Um, and it, it, yeah, I mean, my response to it was comp- was complicated, you know? Because it wasn't entirely a negative response. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't entirely, and, and again, there's two. We don't have a lot of time to to. Dig, we don't have enough time to dig into why that was. Um, that my, why my response was partly positive to that. 
Yeah. You know, but I think it has to do with issues of, um, you know, I think with it, issues having to do with, uh, you know, infer- with an inferiority complex that I think a lot of Filipinos struggle with yeah. as a result of, um, again, centuries of uh, colonization and having our cultures and who we are diminished constantly. Right? Yeah, and, uh, for, and for another Filipino... Um, because colorism is such a is such a big thing with with Filipinos in in yeah. the Philippines, but I would assume also you know Filipinos elsewhere. Yeah, um, yeah. That's another aspect of identity that um, I think that, w- that a comment like that may may not have applied to you, but it certainly brings up for a lot of other people. And mm-hmm. and it, it, this points to to something else I wanted to talk about: the, just how complicated being Filipino. I, I think it's it's uh, described in the book as Filipino ness. Uh, yeah. How complicated that is. Do, do you think for you, uh, Chris, um, having co-edited this collection, it's a little less complicated for you? Uh, no, I don't I don't think I can say that. I think it's still very, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, no, it's still very, very complicated. It's still something I'm continually working out. Uh, but I think what editing this collection has helped me has helped me with is feeling less alone mm. you know and I think uh, the community that has been built uh, and I think that hopefully will continue to be built as a result of this book I think is has been uh, for me the greatest uh, value that I've attained as a result of doing this work you know I, I feel I feel less alone. You know, and when you feel less alone, you feel more empowered. You know, um, knowing you're not the only one, you're not the only one who's had these experiences. You know, you're not crazy for, for, you know, you're not crazy for thinking or for, for thinking the way you do or for, uh, Thinking that you've been um, otherized uh, or have been treated in a way that was unfair, right? Um, because of your race, because of being Filipino, you know, you're, other people can verify that, can validate, or other Filipinos can validate your experience and assure you that you're not crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And that you're not alone, and. Uh, that's a li- I mean, that can be a lifesaver, you know. Yeah. That can be a lifesaver. And you say that as the as a co-editor of this collection, and as I mentioned a moment ago, I can't imagine how uh, readers who pick this up in whatever part of the country they don't have to be yeah. Filipino even will will feel that so, sort of community uh, reading the yeah. book um, because it is a very diverse collection. There's not just essays and. Um, there's there's fiction and there's there's um, um, a graphic comic in in here. There's poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plays. There's yeah, plays. exactly. It's a very rich collection. Uh, Chris, yeah. I've kept you longer than I said I would. It's been such a, a pleasure to talk to you again, and and um, I hope to continue this conversation later on. I mean, we'll, we'll totally. have we'll have we'll have other things that we'll need to unpack, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope you know if you're available on November 14th, uh, our launch is happening at Massey Arts. Uh, 
Massey Arts Gallery, so it would be great to see you there. So. And I, I think for people listening to this, November 14th, they can look that up on the Massey website, and yep. I'm sure on, on um, um, your own social media for information on that. Chris, it's been such a pleasure talking, and congratulations on, on this book, and, and all the best. Thank you so much, Joseph. Yeah, it was a, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Maraming salamat.